All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 206. John Wall is officially on the trading block. Will he be a Los Angeles Clipper? Everybody involved in the NBA must be vaccinated except for the players. Russell Westbrook wears a dress? And we are not an NFL podcast, but the Buffalo Bills are pissed off at Drew. We're going to tell you why. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 206. We are 33 days away until the start of the NBA season. Uh, Training camp opens September 28th, which is right around the corner. Uh, I can't believe how fast this season's coming at us. I love it. I love it, Drew. We are so close to the starting line. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the nice part about uh, the NBA forcing an 82-game schedule on the players <laughs> for this upcoming season is that it, it's coming. The season is, is right around the corner, and uh, yeah, October is coming very quickly. I'm excited to being able to, to actually talk about basketball again uh, instead of about like, moves and posturing and rumors. <laughs> it's true. You are, you're back from yet another uh, wedding. Let me tell you guys that <laughs> listen to the show, this is not a joke. Drew really went to another wedding in upstate New York this past weekend. Uh, I mean, sometimes I wish you were single. You'd be like the wedding crasher king. You know what I mean? After at all these weddings, you just you would be able to pull, Drew. But uh, how was New York? Everything good? (laughs) Well, let me start off by saying that I agree with that statement about me being single. But I wouldn't go to any of these weddings if I was single because they're all my fiance's friends. Right. Like except for the one that I just went to. That was the first one of the wedding saga over the last three years that that was actually on my side (laughs) of our relationship. And it was great. My cousin Alex got married to uh, his new beautiful bride, Camille. Uh, Big shout out to them. And and we had a blast uh, out there in in Rochester. We got some good weather, uh, which was great because, you know, summertime in the East Coast, sometimes you get those 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 thunderstorms that roll through randomly. So we we avoided that. Uh, But I got to tell you, man, when I got home, I, I was exhausted. Right. Like. Mexico, a lot of fun, you know, but but having to travel that that quickly, one after the next, it wore me down. Uh, and then of course, going back and forth the different time zones was that's that's always a that's always a trip. Uh, I do have to say, man, that in these travels, I gotta I gotta give a big fuck you to to Uber and Lyft. I, they they do not sponsor us, as far as I know. But these 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 assholes are just holding people ransom at airports, which is what I was you know stuck with. Uh, during these travels and they just hiked these fucking prices up out of the i i so i landed relatively late in rochester on my way out there um and i get there and i'm 15 minutes it's a 15 minute drive to the hotel from the airport and the ubers are 160 dollars and i'm like i could i could walk there (laughs) i i I, you know but it was it was late and so i ended up getting like pretty i waited it out a little bit i like sat at the airport for like 35 minutes on the on the corner waiting for these fucking fucking prices to come down and I got a ride for $85. That was like as low as it went. Wow. Uh, so, and then, you know, I had a similar issue when I landed in, in Orange County and it was just like, fuck, man, these prices, $261 to get to, from Orange County to San Clemente in an SUV if I wanted it. It was one, it was 137 
for a, just a regular Uber. And for context, from John Wayne Airport to San Clemente, it should be a 20-minute drive. Which, which I'm, you know, 40 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, 50 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Willing, willing to pay that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you were talking about these numbers, it makes more sense for me to leave my goddamn car at the airport. Okay. I, I would just pay the parking. Like I, I you know, I would have came out ahead. <laughs> Honestly, Drew, it's funny. If you do the math on some of it, you could have taken a limo and it would have been just as, <laughs> just as expensive. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, that part of it sucks. And they, I just, I think people, especially me are, I'm too reliant on it now. Mm-hmm. And I just, I have a car. It works great. I can drive it. And you know, the airport's a pretty safe place, right? Like not too many people are robbing cars at airports because it's pretty fucking locked down. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, that, that was that, but the coolest part of, of the wedding outside of being able to, you know, be there with family and friends and, and celebrate was on my my flight out of Orange County. Uh, and for those that go back to East Coast a lot, you know that very rarely do you get like a direct flight from anywhere in Southern California to like Rochester, Buffalo, that, that region. So you always stop in Chicago or one of those places. And Chicago was my first destination. But on this flight out, I was wearing the bubble hoopery shirt. That was a recap, uh, kind of a, a, a recap of the bubble. It had all the different players on it. And I'm, I'm sitting on the plane and the guy to my right goes, what's on your shirt there? And I just, you know, start telling him what it is. You know, we end up in a little bit of a conversation just about hoops. And he he's you know, I tell him what we do <laughs> and uh, and that I'm kind of a historian. He goes, my dad was one of the first Hall of Fame players in the NBA, in the history. No of the NBA. Way. Turns out I'm sitting next to Rob Yardley, son of legend, legendary Orange County basketball player. George Yardley, who is the only Orange County uh, basketball player, I, I believe, I mean, at least according to his son, is the only Orange County basketball player to be in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Uh, and his dad was a fucking hooper back in the 50s, bro. And, I, and I'm not shitting you. George Yardley played at Stanford in college, was the eighth overall pick in the first round by the Fort Wayne Pistons, which we now know as the Detroit Pistons. Uh, and was he played for seven years, was a six-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, and was the scoring champion for the 1957-58 season. Wow. And I'm assuming that was right before Wilt popped in because yeah. <laughs> I think Wilt is right around the, like the early 60s era, if, if my memory serves. But in that season, he averaged 27.8 Damn. points per game. And uh, almost 11 rebounds, 10.7 no no rebounds. Yeah, no three-pointers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was this was the, the early days for sure of the NBA. The game has obviously changed a lot. But, you know, it's such a small world that I'm just taking a random flight to go see my cousin get married. And here I am next to this man whose dad was a, is a fucking legend. <laughs> that was uh, pretty crazy. We got to find a picture. Can you get pictures of him? Is there any? Yeah, so he's he's on he's on Basketball Reference, and there's a picture of him, and I think the picture of him really explains the time frame that we're talking about. <laughs> like, because you just you look at this man, and he, you know, he does not look like what we would NBA you know, typically call an NBA. Yeah, an NBA athlete is not doesn't he doesn't scream that at you from the picture, uh, but he did have some cool stories about his dad. His dad, like I mentioned, was a six time All Star, and his dad was not. A fan of Bill Russell. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we hear a lot of good things about Bill Russell. So I was pretty shocked 
to have this <laughs> this take, uh, you know, be told to me. And it really just came down to like the way that, you know, Bill Russell thought he was the shit. I think that I think his ego is what Yardley was talking about. Uh, but we know that Bill Russell was the shit. So, you know, his ego probably matched his uh, playing prowess. But you never hear too many negative things. about. <laughs> well, I have a negative thing. To say about, it's funny you bring that up because I have a negative thing to say about Bill Russell this week. And it's funny for the for the people that follow our page, our Clips and Drew page, which is just fire. Um, you should drop the at for the, for the people. It's at Clips and oh, Drew. Oh, sorry, at better. Clips and Drew, C-L-I-P-P-S-N-D-R-E-W, at Clips and Drew. It's a fire page. We post great content, obviously stuff from our podcast. Our stories are just lit. Pay attention to the stories. Anyways, I like to, there's some photos. I mean, I search the internet for the best photos. I have folders of thousands and thousands of awesome pictures. And I stumbled across this Bill Russell picture this week that I had never seen. It was absolutely amazing. He's jumping to block a shot and he's three, four feet off the ground. His, his, his elbows way above the rim. And I posted it something like, you know, I think I referred to, you know, you, you guys think the freak is athletic. Like Bill Russell was the original, like original freak. And I posted and it got, it got some really good traction. And the next day I see Bill Russell posted the picture and then sports center posted the picture. Then our boys at slam shout out to you, Schneezy. If you're listening to this episode, you guys posted the picture, but no tags of clips and drew like shout out for clips to clips and drew for finding the picture. <laughs> A shout out for Bill Russell would have been great. Right. That would have been cool. I'm, I'm, uh, but that picture, the picture is awesome, right? You can really see how athletic Russell is in that picture. I think when he posted it, he goes, uh, you know, y'all need to remember, I was the number two in the United States and number 17 in the world in the high jump. He goes, this is nothing. I, something like that is what he said. And it's just like, you, sometimes you forget. And I also, I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Wilt also did the high jump too. So that would have been cool. Uh, if they were like at some point in college, even like at Kansas and, and San Francisco, if they were at a track meet, that would have been like one of the coolest random uh, sporting events for those two legendary basketball players. There is a legendary picture of Will Chamberlain running track and it's just the ground he's covering is absolutely unbelievable. I post a lot of, of a lot of Bill Russell and of Will Chamberlain a lot because we forget just like just how freakishly athletic these guys are. I mean, I posted a picture today of Wilt Chamberlain playing volleyball, a beach volleyball, which he loved to play, played it every summer. That's what he did in retirement. And can you imagine going against Wilt Chamberlain, like on sand, this guy, this guy, seven footer that jumps three feet in the air, just, it's ridiculous. So anyways, I do have a little beef with, with Bill Russell this week, but I'll forgive you. Uh, crazy story, Drew. That's awesome that, that you met. Shout out to Yardley. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna have to find a picture of him and put it on our stories. Yeah, and Rob, if you're listening, thanks for the conversation, my man. I really appreciate it. So, as as dry as you think the NBA is right now, Drew, there is a couple of things that have happened this week uh, that have been tied to my Los Angeles Clippers. But it's obvious that the Houston Rockets are trying to part ways with John Wall. Um, they're they're buying into Jalen Green and and Kevin Porter Jr. and Kenya Martin Jr. They're going to be a fun team this year. I, I really I really think they're going to be fun. They're not going to win much, but they're going to be fun. But they're they're willing to part ways with John Wall, um, and the Clippers have been mentioned in you know trade destinations and whatnot. But look, man, the money again is so crazy to me. But the more I was on my walk this morning, and it seems like even on this show, every time I bring up like the untradeable contracts of Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook or Stephen Adams or the the, the contracts we think w won't get picked up by anybody or couldn't get traded for end up happening. So. Just to, for context, John Wall is going to be tied for the second highest salary next season at $44.3 million. 
he has a player op in 2023 for 47.4, which you're never going to turn down, right? And it's just, it's a lot of money for John Wall. Now, before we talk about trade destinations and what I think about the Clippers, I think people forget just how great John Wall was, okay? And still is, okay? He's still relatively young. Um, he's had some major, major injuries over the past four years. He's played 113 games the past four seasons, which is is not good, right? But young John Wall was a problem. He, you know, he's only only three other players in NBA history have averaged 19 points and nine assists for their career. Can you take a guess who the three players are that averaged at least 19 points and nine assists for their career? I don't think Chris Paul has averaged 19 points a game. So I think he's not on the list, right? Or, or he didn't do 19. Yeah, no, no, you're right. He hasn't, he hasn't averaged 19. Um, mm-hmm. This is, this is tough. Uh, Magic? Yes. Uh, shit. Isaiah? Yeah, good. Um, oh, this one's a gimme. A gimme? Oh, yeah. Well, Steve Nash didn't average 19 points a game. Mm-hmm. John Stockton didn't average 19 points a game. A gimme? Come on, bro. He's in every record book. LeBron? No. Even though that would have been a really good guess. <laughs> yeah, nine assists. He didn't average nine assists. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking right now. I think I, I'm, I'm – Oh, Oscar Robertson. There it is. Oscar with 25.7 and 9.5 for his career. So, look – I'm surprised. I, so, Russ isn't on that list? Russell Russ Westbrook? Is not. Not as a career, no. Wow. Yeah, pretty, pretty insane. Um, again, he's played 113 games in four years. The money is just astronomical, but John Wall is a really great player. Um, he's, he's coming off, not coming off, but he did miss an entire season two years ago. Achilles is tough when you're an explosive point guard. Um, you know, and when, when it came that, when it came up, the teams that are interested in John Wall and the Clippers being one of them, I wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear it out and see like what this would mean. I mean, obviously Kawhi and Paul George are off limits. How will we even make that money work? And the players that, would possibly have to be involved would have to be Bledsoe and Luke Kennard and probably our Keon Johnson, our rookie, and maybe some other sweeteners. And then I, I just don't know where I'm at with that. Like, is, is John Wall better than Eric Bledsoe? Yes. Is John Wall better than Luke Kennard? Yes. Is John Wall better than Keon Johnson? Yep. Yes. Um, but what John Wall are we getting? We're going to need scoring while Kawhi's out. Right. And I'm thinking about the fit. Reggie coming off the bench, John Wall starting. Okay, that's not that bad. But then we're losing shooting with with Luke, and then we're, we were kind of really hyped on, on Bledsoe coming off the bench too. It's a decent backup point guard. Reggie would be a better backup point guard to John Wall. Um, but at this moment in time, I, I honestly don't – I don't think we should pull the trigger on it. Um, I know, you know, when we, when we signed Luke to that – his deal at $64 million – you know, a lot of us said that that is a tradable contract at some point, and this would be the time that you trade that contract. Uh, but I'm just not so sure I want to do it. I think I want to keep with our core right now. What do you, what do you think about it? I think, I think it could be a really nice fit for the Clippers. I mean, John Wall still averaged 20 points a game last season. So I do think he would be very helpful for your team, but it, then it's like, what, how much are you actually paying for John Wall? Right. You guys just made this move to put some money off the books to get rid of Pat Bev and to get rid of Rondo. Uh, and I think it would just go counter to everything that the Clippers have done this offseason for them to make this move. So I, I, I would be shocked if if they put uh, any kind of move on it. Um, and I agree that I think the the players that you lose, I don't know if you're getting enough return out of John Wall at this stage in his career to make it work. Uh, so I don't think he will go to the Clippers. That, that's just my that's just my general thought. Uh, I understand why the Clippers were connected. It makes a lot of sense. 
you know, given what they're what they're lacking right now uh, with Kawhi being out. But I do think, you know, the Clippers have a tendency, at least in recent years, to look more big picture uh, than to like look for, you know, in a season where they're already down Kawhi. Uh, why would you shake this up, especially because John Wall, you know, may still be available next season or like, you know, midway through the season. No reason to push the button to do it now. Uh, but I do like the fit. I actually think John Wall and Reggie Jackson together on the court with like Paul George at the three. That's pretty fucking nice. Honestly, when I think about that. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. I just I just I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't like it. Um, if it was a buyout opportunity, then hell yes. But I just don't think that that's going to be an option. John Wall's not going to leave. I you know, like Blake left a decent amount of money on the table. I don't think John Wall, especially with his injury history, is going to be willing to to leave, you know, 50, he's got, he's owed $91 million over the next two years, which is just astronomical. So I, I heard that, you know, OKC with, might be, a, might be a nice fit. They have like 30 million to dump right now, but, you know, I'm sure they'd want picks back and Presti doesn't really like to give the picks up. So I'm not sure about that. Then, then people talk about, you know, the Ben Simmons, Again, talking about Ben Simmons, um, which Philly has came out and said this week that like we're expecting Ben Simmons in training camp. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm just not sure what team is going to be willing to pick that up, man. Uh, do you do you have any idea or maybe a good fit for him? Like where where would that be? Yeah, I have a couple. I thought the I thought the Philly thing immediately makes you know some sense and it makes some headlines with that kind of a with that kind of a rumored trade. And, you know, if Philly's looking to, to get Simmons out of here before the season, sure. I mean, they could do worse than getting John Wall. We've heard about some of the packages that, you know, that were available uh, and the lack of superstars attached to them. Now, John Wall is no longer a superstar, but he's one of the 40-something players in the NBA that averaged 20 points a game and is a point guard, uh, you know, out and out. And is still a very good defender. Like, I, please don't forget about that. He, like, led the league in steals a couple seasons. Like, he's... He's still an underrated defender. He's not, you know, doesn't necessarily try 100% of the time on defense. But he calls himself, he calls himself the best uh, shot blocking point guard of all time. I, I, I honestly, I think he's going to get up there. I mean, if he, if he continues to play for another couple of seasons, I think his career stats for blocks is going to be tremendous. But, uh, you know, I, I, I agree. I agree with him as far as like him being a great, Block, shot blocker from his size and his position absolutely i agree with that now you know not the greatest of course i don't i don't necessarily think he's the greatest Dwayne Wade, yeah Dwayne Wade might have something to say about that but i mean michael jordan blocked a lot of shots too, too but too. uh anyway i just so the the simmons and philly thing sure we don't have to play that out we've talked enough about simmons but i think that could that there's something there i mean and i i think it would be okay for both sides if that happened with you know not just straight up obviously but with some other stuff uh, I thought the most interesting one was fucking Washington. Right. <laughs> I, I heard a rumor that Washington was interested in bringing interested in bringing John Wall back, which honestly, if you think about it, that's got to be one of the most finessed fucking plays. If they just bring John Wall back, they got a shit ton of players and John Wall. Like, so they, they traded John Wall away for a season. They get him back. Plus they get Kuzma, KCP, all these guys that they got for us. That wouldn't be that bad. I just think it would be hilarious that if he ends up back in Washington of all the places. That would be. And, and don't you find it interesting, too? Like, let's go back three seasons and be like, all right, so Houston had CP, they had Harden, they had Russ, and now look what everything. Like, so you lose Russ for John Wall, who now you want to part ways with. You lose Harden for Kelly Olynyk in, the, in the long run. And now you're just really fatigued or whatever is just throwing in the towel. Like, fuck it. I'm banking on Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, a Kenya Martin Jr., whatever. Um, again, I, I think they're going to be fun. I think it's going to be 
an interesting team. They're going to, these rookies, these young cats are going to be getting minutes. I'm just not sure who's going to pick up that deal. But again, like I said earlier, every time I've said, I'm not sure who's going to pick up that deal. There is a suitor somewhere. This isn't an expiring contract. That 47 that's due next season is a big, it's a big chunk on the, to your salary cap, man. Big chunk. The other two teams that I, that I keep playing around with in my head are Toronto and uh, Minnesota. I honestly think Minnesota could be a really good fit for John Wall. Mm-hmm. And it gets them off D'Lo, uh, most likely, right? You would, you know, you would assume that D'Angelo Russell is going the other way in a trade like that, uh, which might upset Carl Anthony Towns. So maybe Minnesota doesn't do that because they want to keep Carl Towns. But at this point, like, what's going to upset Carl Towns more? Having his buddy on the team or fucking never sniffing the playoffs? I don't know. We, we don't know that about Carl Anthony Towns. And I think that's a fair question to ask. Uh, whether like whether or not he's like actually just wants to play with his friends or whether he actually wants to try and win something here. Uh, so I, I do think if, if Minnesota is willing to let go of D'Angelo Russell, that could be a pretty interesting like person to drop into that lineup. And with Patrick Beverly on the team as well, like I think that could be, you know, a decent looking Minnesota Timberwolves team. And then with Toronto, too, I think that could be a good addition there as well. Toronto would be great. Yeah, you need way more to make the money work for. I don't know what D'Lo's making. He's got to be in the twenties, right? He's got to yeah, be. He, yeah, he's he's up there. But yeah, you're right. It would have to be D'Lo and picks or and something mm-hmm. uh, to make the money fit. Um, or you get another a third team in there like OKC, who's just willing to to you know wheel and deal. Uh, but yeah, I think for for Wall, I think either one of those teams could be an interesting landing spot. Um, Outside of those teams, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know who's going to be like really stoked to pay John Wall to bring him onto their team. And then also, you know, probably have to give up something in order to do that. Yeah. I think that might be a little tough uh, considering how many point guards there are on the league at this point, And especially point guards that all just a lot of them just signed to, you know, new deals or got to new places where you don't necessarily want to make a change that quickly. Uh, if you just brought a guy in and, you know, that leads me to Boston, which would be the only other team that I was thinking could be a, a potential destination for John Wall. They got Schroeder on a tiny deal. Uh, they they certainly need a point guard there. Uh, I think John Wall could be a really nice addition to that team, too. But again, it's all comes down to like the money. So then Jalen Brown would have to be in in that. Or no, I mean, they just extended Marcus Smart. I'm going to get into like the list of extensions to mm-hmm. to you know do a little housekeeping here in a little bit. Uh, so that everyone knows where what the, where the money is going for these teams and, and for these players. But, you know, Boston did just extend Marcus Smart. So you could there. I think there's a package there that could work uh, for Boston if they wanted to make a move for wall. But these are just all conjecture. I, I don't know, especially as I mentioned, like getting this close to training camp. Most of these teams have had their roster in place, at least since free agency, for a, a few weeks now. And I don't know necessarily if someone would be willing to pull the plug on something that they just got like a Schroeder to, you know, bring in another questionable person like John Wall. But I, again, I, I think I'm pretty, I'm still pretty optimistic that John Wall is going to be able to deliver, you know, 18, 19, 20 points a game, good defense, good assist rate. Uh, I think it would be nice for him to end up in a, in a situation where he could be in the playoffs. I do too. I mean, you know, the only thing, the only reason I, I, I considered liking the deal to the Clippers is because like he still has something to prove and a really, a really good John Wall is better than a lot of the point guards in the NBA too. Like when he's fully healthy and whatnot. Um, and we are, we are where you go to res- resurrect your career. Yeah. So the only other spot that that's hitting me now as we're, as we're doing this, there's two. 
the Pelicans, which I thought for sure would be uh, a team that was in the market for another point guard or a legitimate starting point guard, which I don't think Devontae Graham is or Sadoransky. So that could be interesting. And I think that would be fun. Um, and they just got D'Antoni down there as an assistant. So if they do want to run a little bit more, John Wall's not terrible off the ball, but he also is great in transition. Uh, so if you put the ball in his hands, he will do that very well. Uh, and then Utah. That, that one is interesting. I mean, Mike Conley is great. I think he fits great in Utah. I, 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 you know, I like what he brings to the table for them, but he is consistently injured. This mm-hmm. man, at, you know, I can't remember the last time he played a full season. Same thing with John Wall, right, obviously. But I, I think there's an upside to what John Wall brings to the table that Conley doesn't. Now, the drop-off is, I think, mostly three-point shooting. So, again, I don't think Utah will pull the trigger for this kind of a move, but the money lines up pretty good if they wanted to. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if D. Mitchell. I mean, would John Wall be, be the highest paid player on the team? Right, definitely. Um, I don't know if John Wall would want to go to Utah, but you know, wherever they're going to pay me the 47.4 million dollars is where I'm playing. I like the Utah gig. I'm just not sure if if that would be if that's what John Wall would want. I mean, the Philly thing works. Like John Wall in Philly, like works, and he seems like a, a perfect guy to play in Philly, but. Again, I'm not sure what the Ben Simmons trade value is right now. And again, I don't want to talk about Ben Simmons on this show. We'll, we'll wait. I personally don't think that that John Wall will be in training camp with another team besides the Houston Rockets. If we're starting on September 28th, which is, you know, that's a week and a half away. I'm not sure he's going to be in training camp with somebody. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, I, yeah, because I, I don't think the market is just like super hot for John Wall, which is essentially what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas would be the only other team I wanted to mention. I, I know I'm throwing out virtually a, a third of the <laughs> league now. I'm just going to mention every team slowly mm-hmm. as we keep going. But Dallas, Dallas is looking for another playmaker. They they have some stuff they could throw. It was funny. Would- I don't know what media outlet it was, but as soon as it came up that John Wall and 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 uh, Houston are going to part ways, immediately the Laker memes came up with Joe, with every. I'm like, guys, can you just chill? They're <laughs> chill. He's not coming to the Lakers. They are not paying $50 million to John Wall. Stop it, right? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I think it is funny, though. I do like it. I like it when anyone is mentioned that everyone just throws him in a Laker jersey. Yeah. Uh, and it's just all, all aboard. But, yeah, we have Russell Westbrook. We, we're, not, we're not going for John Wall, everybody. What a shocker. Um, speaking of Russ, real quick, can we talk about the dress, okay? Because I know this was a big deal, and I, I, I got a, lo- a little heat on our social media page because I posted – a picture of, of Russ at, at the Met Gala in a dress and a shirtless sweater and then with no under a sweater with no undershirt. And I said, what was said was they made a dress in a Laker Jersey. And I said, Oh, or in a, in a Laker uniform. And I said, Oh, this is the Christmas day unis. And people are like, man, stop picking on Russ and whatnot. And I'm like, look, man, I'm not picking on Russ. This is what's happening. It is the dead zone of, of social media and, or excuse me, NBA basketball season and are one of the top 10 players, best players in the NBA is wearing a dress to, to a rally. So I, we're going to say something. Look, I don't know anything about fashion anymore. Okay. I'm a basketball shirt. I have a shorts clips and drew t-shirt hat backwards kind of guy. That's just where I'm at in my life. I got nice cakes. I'm not out here trying to impress anybody. I ain't got any red bottoms. I don't got a Gucci belt. I rock t-shirts and basketball shorts. Like most of the people that listen to this show. So when you see a top 10 player in the NBA rocking a dress, it's a, it took me back a little bit. And then I thought, first of all, when I, when I, when I posted it, it made a little slight 
you know, made fun of Russ a little bit and whatnot in my in my own way. I got a lot of heat for it, but I'm like, yo, if Paul George or Kawhi wore a dress to the Met Gala, do you know how much heat we would get? But no, this is fashion because Russell rocks it. It's like, okay, bro, when when is this gonna stop? Is it gonna take like is it gonna take Russell Westbrook coming to the game in a diaper and somebody saying that this is high fashion? Like, what is this gonna take? Okay. So Drew, maybe you can explain to me. Maybe you know fashion better than me. I just thought it was a little weird. I'm not I'm not going at Russ like Kwame Brown did by any means. And if you didn't hear what Kwame Brown said, it, it was out out of this world. But come on, Drew, address. Dude, you know what? I it may be shocking to people, but I am also not necessarily on top of the fashion world. Uh I will tell you, it goes way over my head, you know, and uh, the, the only recent experience I have with fashion is that my fiance is looking at wedding dresses and but that's a whole different thing, right? Because it's a very specific look, a wedding dress. And there was no wedding dress as far as I know at the Met Gala, although there was a bunch of shit that I I just don't know what's happening. But uh, I am not <laughs> I'm not the aficionado. Uh, to dictate whether or not like Russ's dress was like amazing or not. But what I do know is uh, Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Seahawks, his wife, Sierra, turned his jersey into a dress. And I thought that was dope. Uh, And I thought the meme about Russ wearing a Lakers dress was hilarious going off of that. I thought that was very, very funny. Um, And look, okay, so maybe we're poking fun at something we don't really know that much about. Uh, but it is it's it's still a dude in the dress. And that's funny. I don't I mean, it is it's always going to be funny to me. But it, but there's there's one thing that I remember. Of, uh, it's probably a few years ago now. Uh, Young Thug, the rapper, famously wore at least one or two dresses. And I know that dude. He's like Yves Saint Laurent. He's I mean, I feel like he stays in Paris more than more than these models do. Uh, and if, if he's wearing a dress, I, fuck it. I think Russ can wear a dress, too. <laughs> All right. So three things about fashion really quick. One, to go off your Sierra dress, she was also rocking a Super Bowl ring, which was even better. Just add to it. Loved it. Good job, Sierra. Um, two, if you remember a couple years ago in the playoffs, LeBron rocked the suit with the shorts and everybody made fun of him. Everybody's like, yo, what the hell is this? And I said the same thing. Who rocks a shoot, suit with shorts? And now, like, that's the thing now, whatever. And then my third thing to say is this shit, the dyed hair, the dresses, this is something Dennis Rodman was doing you know, decades ago, all right? And everybody looked at Dennis Rodman like he was some kind of freak and they made fun of him. He wore a wedding dress to his book, his book signing. It was a big deal. It's it's just Rodman expressing himself. So I get it with Russ, you're expressing yourself, but don't think that you wearing a dress isn't going to get people talking about you wearing a dress. That's all I got to say about that. I think it did what it wanted to. I think the Rodman call was a great call. Like that, yeah, that he was the first to do this. And it was not, I don't think it was about fashion really when Rodman did it. It was more about shock value and getting people to talk about it. Piss your coach and off. so I think maybe for that reason, uh, what's that? And piss your coach off. Right. <laughs> piss everybody off. Piss right. Michael off. Piss everybody off. Uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, because of that, I think, uh, you know, with, with when it comes to Russ wearing the dress, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Like, and, and he stays pretty dialed in. Uh, I've, as we know, uh, you know, with with the fashion culture and shit, I mean, the stuff that he's worn over the years is is amazing. And I think he's just gearing up for the, the L.A. runways that are going to be opened up to him, man. Every game, you know it, every single game he's going to be doing. He's been doing it for like years now. So this is this is nothing new. Uh, I But just randomly, like the Met Gala, I thought that was supposed to be like for like, I don't know, like opera singers and people that. No. perform at the Met and fashion people. And it's really exploded into like, if you're famous at all, 
you're you're invited to the Met Gala. I didn't I didn't realize that was a thing. It's still thirty thousand a ticket, right? Just to get in, and the proceeds go to the fashion department of the Met, right? That design the costumes and all that stuff. This is what this is what I think I know. I think this is what happens there. And yeah, you have to be somebody to go, but it does seem like everybody's getting a, getting a ticket to go, and it is. And I think. The point of the Met Gala is to wear the most flamboyant, most craziest shit you can, like a costume, right? So some of them, I mean, there was one girl that was rocking a dress that had to be carried by like nine dudes behind her, right? Like it was <laughs> weird. Like it just seems like too much. And again, I'm an old school purist guy. Like I liked seeing suits. I liked all the dudes in the suits like that showed up to the game. Michael was always the cleanest in the suit. Um and then, and then it got cool when there was no dress code because Allen Iverson fucked up all of that. And now it's just, yo, every game's a league fit. Who's Is it Kuzma or is it going to be Russ tonight? Or is it going to be Oubre? Like, who's the hottest dresser? Like, can we can we just be the best basketball player and not worry about the drip, okay? I know drip is a big part of it, and you have all this money. You should look really good. But damn, man, I don't know. I would still be rocking basketball shorts and a tee, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know it's funny is I, I now I now I'm positive why Kyle Kuzma was included in the trade for Russ because Russ is like there can be only one. Only there cannot. I don't need I don't need competition from a taller, lankier version of me. I just the, he's got to go. He has to be out. I can't be on the same team with this man. I can't compete Ooh. with it. I'm done talking about the Met Gala. I think we did ten minutes on the Met Gala. <laughs> so I we, I apologize to all our listeners. They're like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Hey. <laughs> all right. So contrary to what we said last week on the show about the vaccine and players having to be vaccinated. I guess at the negotiation at the table yesterday or the day before, it was a non-starter when talking about players uh, needing to be vaccinated to play. Now, which means the players don't have to be vaccinated if they, if, if they don't want to be. Uh, I heard like 85% of the players are vaccinated, so there are some that are not. Every person involved in the NBA, minus the players, must be vaccinated. Whether it's your the coach, coaching staff, photographers, uh, first row crew, medical staff, everybody else, but the players. But the unvaccinated players are going to be rigorously uh, tested. Uh, they're tested once on practice days. They'll be tested on on uh, travel days. On game days, at least once they'll be tested. They get a rapid molecular test and it's processed through mobile technology where they can get the answers in 20 minutes. So if you're not vaccinated, you don't, and some players for religious and medical reasons, they'll be under the same like conditions and whatnot. But what do you think about that, man? Yeah, I think that was probably the way that it was going to go, right? When we were talking about it last week, it's very difficult to, to like make somebody get a vaccination because it is a, it's a personal choice. Uh, but what it means to me is that, you know, the, the, the players, at least the ones that don't want to get vaccinated have the right to do that. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think, you know, what, what for the safety of, of themselves and the rest around them, it makes sense that they get tested like this. Uh, and I think that portion of it, it makes a lot of sense to me, like where you don't have to get the vaccine, but we're just going to continue to test you because you're constantly around players and, people and you're traveling and all that stuff all that makes a lot of sense so uh yeah that, I'm, I'm good with all that they also said that strategically like if you're an unvaccinated player like your placement in the locker room is going to be different your placement on the plane your placement on the bench is going to be totally different so i think we're going to be able to tell like who's unvaccinated and it like it like it matters to me or not it doesn't matter to me who's vaccinated who's not vaccinated they're not in contact with me so it is what it is but 
Um, if you're not, it's just going to be a lot of testing for these guys. And that's something that they're going to probably be over after the first week. I mean, training right. camp is going to be even crazy with that. So, you know, going back to what we said last week, it is completely different. It was it was, was hardly even brought up in the negotiations today. They didn't even want to talk about it. So the rule is everybody in the world and in the NBA world will be, will be vaccinated minus the NBA players that are actually putting on the product. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Right. I mean, you, you already said like 85% of them are vaccinated. So it sounds like the majority of them are already. But uh, I mean, this is also it's everyone's going to be tested, right? Because if you're positive, whether or not you have the vaccination, you can still pass it on to somebody. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it's just it's going to be annoying again this year because that's just the world we live in right now for everybody involved, not just the unvaccinated players. All right, Drew, take us on a trip around the NBA. Take us on a trip. I know you have something you wanted to bring up as far as where our extensions, because a lot of people might not even know that their favorite team might have some new players right now or extended some players. So let it, let us know what's going on, Drewski. Yeah. Yeah. I figured we do a little housekeeping. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, during the craze of the free agency stuff and trades and things like that, sometimes we let these extensions, um, it's easy to forget about them. Uh, but so I got, I got a few players, uh, some we definitely already mentioned, but these are all players that recently got extended. Uh, I'm starting with the big boys, Steph Curry, four years, $215 million. We brought that up already on this podcast, huge for the Warriors to lock him down for another four seasons. One that we didn't really mention that much is Kevin Durant did sign a four-year, $198 million deal to stay with the Nets. That has got to feel huge for that organization to lock him down because of the you know, questions about whether or not Kyrie uh, you know, will want to play basketball next year. We don't know where, 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 he has, where he's at in his mental uh, state of mind, but uh, big to lock him down. The next, I think the next one is Kyrie. Uh, they'll probably want to lock him down to an extension coming up soon. Um, and then Harden, Harden will be next. But it, it's great to get at least one of those three in the books and locked up. Uh, Jimmy Butler stays with the Heat four years, 184. A lot of money for Jimmy. He's going to be pretty old when it comes, but that's just the price to pay for somebody of his caliber. Joel Embiid signed a four-year, $196 million extension amidst all of this Ben Simmons drama. Sometimes that gets forgotten. Uh, he signed it two years early. He was eligible two years early. So this deal is longer than it, than it sounds uh, because it doesn't kick in until, I believe, the 2022-23 season. So great for the Sixers to have him under the belt and that even more of a reason to let Simmons go. Um, of course, we talked about Kawhi's extension. Finally, that happened yeah. four years, 196. Uh, Luca and Trey both get the, the super max off the rookie extensions, five years, $207 million for kids that are 23 years old. God damn. That's yeah, that, that is a lot of money for those kids. Bravo. Bravo to both of them. Um, and, uh, Julius Randall. 206. Damn. <laughs> He, is he the richest man in Lithuania now? Is he? he is he, owned, like, he? He recently purchased Lithuania. Um, <laughs> that's basically what he can do right now. He's the king. He's the, he he owns it now. He's the wealthiest man in that country. Slovenia, sorry, uh, not Lithuania, not Lithuania, Slovenia. Oh fuck, my bad, my bad. Sorry, my bad, Luca, uh, and Slovenia. Uh, but he's he's probably the richest in both of them. Um, <laughs> Julius Randall. Got a nice extension after a great season for him. Four years, $117 million, which is a big deal for that guy who's aging uh, and has really finally broke through and, and seems like he's actually going to be a great fit for New York for a while. Let's hope he can reproduce 
uh, a similar season for them that he did last year. Shea Gilgis Alexander, another supermax in the same draft as Luca and Trey, five years, 172, still a lot of money mm. for a very young man uh, and only bright things on the horizon for him. Who knows if he'll actually win anything uh, in the next few years because OKC. You won at life. You win at life when you have $172 million. So that's fine. Pay and, he, and he got to play with some really impressive point guards along the road. So he'll be an, he'll be an all NBA player sooner than, than people think. He will be an all NBA player soon. I agree. Uh, this one I brought up earlier, Marcus Smart, which uh, was, uh, you know, has been in trade rumors as much as CJ McCollum and Ben Simmons over the years. Uh, they lock him down to a four year, $77 million deal in Boston, which means he's going to be there for a little bit longer, but also gives him a very tradable contract. Uh, so who knows if that means he'll stay for all four years or if it's just, hey, we want you around and we don't want to let you go for free, which makes a lot of sense. Always keep the asset. Terry Rozier. Scary Terry. Four years, four years, $97 million to stay with Charlotte. I think that was great. I think it's a really great move for Charlotte. I thought they did a great job in, in getting him and finesse that deal for him uh, and letting Kemba go. They definitely got the better end of that stick uh, with Kemba now on like a buyout in, in New York. And then another Boston player, Time Lord, Robert, Robert Williams, four years, 54 mil. The smallest number that I've mentioned all day, but it's intriguing because he is he's a guy who's definitely still a project who has played a lot more over the last season and the season before. I think there's a lot of promise with him. And obviously they're showing that by giving him, uh, you know, eleven million dollars a year. Uh, And then Aaron Gordon today or yesterday, rather, uh, signed a four year, ninety two million dollar extension with the Denver Nuggets. Congratulations to him for getting the bag after a very mediocre first seven years in the league. But shout out to Denver. They got their guy, and I think they're happy with him. They're happy with him. And, again, just the his age and his athleticism. And, yeah, I, I still think that's a lot of money. But, like, for what these players are getting, like, yeah, $92 million, Why not? So what do you what do you think about that deal? I mean, you kind of have to. You, you have to yeah. give him the money. You don't want to get rid of Aaron Gordon. But it's kind of like we're every single season we're just waiting for Aaron Gordon to have this breakout year where it's going to be like 25 and 10, 26 and 10, 12, something like that. It's just not going to happen. But I think playing with Jokic a little, you know, getting more of a feel for Joker, I think they have they have something nice there. Yeah, absolutely. I think he I think he answers a lot of the questions that like Jeremy Grant leaving presented themselves to the number nuggets and now they have a lot of depth of that position they have both uh jermichael and jeff green uh, right in there with aaron gordon competing they also have michael porter jr who is up for extension uh that was the next reason that's part of the reason i ended with aaron gordon is because he's probably going to be looking to make a serious amount of money and sign a nice long extension but with his injury history um i think having aaron gordon there gives them at least the protection like okay if michael if we if we sign michael porter jr for another you know four or five seasons uh we at least have aaron gordon who's definitely more reliable i mean say what you want about him the guy plays uh he's very rarely injured um and so having a you know an injury risk like you know obviously jamal murray's not going to be there for the majority of the season this year uh coming back from an acl uh so interesting stuff but do you think michael porter jr is going to get the shea gilgis alexander uh or something along those lines like the 20 to 25 to $30 million deal? Well, this is what I think. I think that I have in the past two weeks heavily invested in Michael Porter Jr. top shot stock. This is no joke uh, because I, it came to me in a dream, dude. It came to me in a dream that I just think this season, Michael Porter Jr. is going to have 
the breakout season and become this player that we all expect him to be. Um, and I, I bought a season, a series one moment from him. I already had three like commons, but I, I bought a, a, a rookie double badge series one, um, Michael Porter Jr. When I do that on top shot, that means I'm expecting this man to have a huge season. So look, the, the his his pure ability the way that this guy can play basketball um is is really good i think uh, he's another one of these guys like i said sga is going to be all nba there's no reason why i wouldn't think that mpj at some point will be an all nba type player he has all the skills all the skill set um but the injuries too i mean do you want to invest 172 million dollars in it but i think you kind of do so I don't, I'm not sure they have to get the extension done this season, though, right? They can do this. They can do this in the summer moving forward, right? They have some time. They have, they have some time. He's just he's eligible. He's eligible for the extension now. I think they have until the end of next year to put something in front of him. Then I would like to see this breakout season. I'd like to see him average 23 points a game if he could do that this year. Um, let's see if they can take. Where is he going to be in the playoffs? Is he going to perform in the playoffs or? You know, if, if I'm sure they want to sign the extension right now, if they could, if if MPJ could get 160, 150 under under his belt, I think he would do that right away. But I just think it's the Nuggets that are being a little hesitant too. Like, let's see where we end up this year. Uh, let's see where we end up. Right. West is going to be tough, and we we expect a lot out of you. And I think MPJ was on uh, JJ's podcast. I want to listen to it because I think he was on it JJ's podcast this yesterday. And they were talking about draft night with him. And I thought that was really interesting. And going back to draft night, we all know that he was expected to be one, two, or three. And then he dropped. And then the famous Jerry West story, Clippers were going to take him. But he, he grabbed his back when he stood up from the table. So there's obviously a lot of, of hesitancy with MPJ. But the talent is there. And um, I think if I'm the Nuggets, let's see where we're at in March, in April with MPJ and, and what kind of season he gives us. Not one of the best moves from Jerry West. We hear a lot of the good the good stuff from Jerry when it comes to drafting players. That one was really, really bad. Okay, I mean, hindsight. They passed on him twice. Back to back, they passed on him. And Jerome Robinson is going to be like in Turkey this year. That this, The guy that you picked right before him. That one sucks. But Jerry, you know, he's, he's amazing. At his job, sometimes you sometimes you lose a couple. That's you what did, happens, right? You definitely lost that one. You're totally right. <laughs> the only other two guys that I kind of wanted to talk about, as far as like extension eligible, DeAndre Ayton, who was number one overall in that draft with Luca and Trey, as we know, uh, and the other Phoenix Sun player, Mikhail Bridges. Both of those guys are going to be eligible for some sort of extension. Uh, we don't expect Mikhail to get like a max, like we we potentially assume DeAndre Ayton might get. Uh, but the reason I bring this up is because the Suns owner is 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 tight pockets. Frugal. frugal. He's yeah. Frugal is a great word for this man. He is not typically willing to spend, and we just saw him lay out a shit ton of money for Chris Paul, who's obviously very old at this point, but still amazing and a great job in doing so. We all doubted that he would actually, you know, write, you know, bring out the checkbook for Chris in the way that he did. So that was a a good sign. But it does mean that there may be a little less in the coffers for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, and Mikhail Bridges, both of which I think are great young players that they should keep. Do you think they should max DeAndre Aiden? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what he's eligible for. I mean, it's not super max. I don't know what the 
with what is the max right now? Four years. Well, so with Luca and Trey, they hit like they hit all the metrics, and so that's the super max for all these guys is two hundred and seven. That's mm-hmm. the most that they can be paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with DeAndre and Mikhail, they didn't hit like the all stars. They didn't hit like all NBA like quotas. So I, I think it's down uh, further than that. It's probably less than Shays. So like Shays was five years, one seventy two. It's probably less than that even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's still really good money. Like we're talking about over a hundred million dollars for these guys. DeAndre Aiden, but not for Mikael. He's not a hundred million dollars. No, 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 no. DeAndre, I would. I mean, if you're trying to build a culture and get back to where you were this past season, which I don't think they'll be there, they will shock me if they get back into that position this year. But DeAndre was a huge part of that. And if you want to build the culture and and have the big man, the versatile big man, who I think is going to get better, he showed he showed moments during those playoffs that first and second round was like wow. This guy's turning into Patrick Ewing. I remember saying that. I'm like, damn, he reminds me a lot of Patrick Ewing. Um, and then the Valley Oop and, you know, these really cool moments and his age again. Uh, yeah, I would pay him. I'm not too high on Mikael Bridges. I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. Um, but if, if Phoenix likes him and, and they want to keep him there, then give him what he's worth. I wouldn't pay him $75 million, you know, if I was the GM. But yeah, I would pay, I would pay DeAndre Ayton. I mean, Booker's there for another couple of years under contract. He, he signed the deal. Chris Paul's got some bread coming his way. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely pay him. You, you wouldn't. Oh no, I would. I would too. I think, I, I think it's a question though. Uh, you know, is he worth the same amount of money as some of these guys that we're talking about? And I think the bottom line is I think, yes, right. Like there's not too many centers that are his age that can do what he does in this league. And then obviously he's going to just continue to get better with the timing with Chris Paul and setting the screens and being in the right spots defensively. He's already a really solid rebounder defender and low post score. And, you know, his jumpers, saw, I just, he's good. Like, I just don't think there's too many versions of DeAndre Ayton in the league right now. And all of them cost a significant amount of money if you want him on your team. Uh, and hopefully he'll be there. You know, th- there's a reason they drafted him number one overall. And it wasn't to let him go because he cost too much money. So I think that's the that's the end of the story. Yeah, I agree. Um, any final thoughts, Drew? I do. Yeah, I have some final thoughts. Um <laughs> I, as I mentioned previously, uh, this is this is you know fantasy football central, and we just had week one of uh, fantasy football, NFL football this last weekend. And for me, I, I love this time of year. And so, given the fact that I was going to Buffalo area, and my whole you know mom's side of the family Buffalo Bills fan through and through, uh, I was trying to figure out when I drafted my fantasy team, if I could snake a couple Buffalo Bills players onto my fantasy roster. And lo and behold, I get Josh Allen. And Clips, do you know who Josh Allen is? I do. Okay, quarterback for your Buffalo Bills, baby. And so I'm super stoked. I'm in Buffalo for week one. It's a home game. Uh, we after the after the it was the the day after the wedding. So Sunday, you know, NFL kicks off at, at one. Um, and I'm looking at my uncle Donnie, who's, who's awesome. And I was just like, like, like we got to find a place to watch this game. So we end up going to his neighbor's house in his backyard. They have the TV outside. We had, you know, hot, uh, hamburgers and hot dogs and chips and whatever. And we're watching the game and it is shit. It is like the worst game I have seen in a while. 
uh, especially from my guy, Josh Allen. And so it was just a big fucking letdown. Uh, and so I wanted to vent that a little bit. He had a terrible game. The, the, the game in general was terrible, like the Bills and the Steelers, uh, for those that were able to watch it, uh, those that care. Shout out to Juice, who I believe is actually a huge Buffalo Bills fan. Mm-hmm. I think my disappointment is shared with him. Uh, it was not what I was hoping for uh, to kick off the season. And needless to say, I lost my, my week one matchup, which is not something I like to do to start a season, uh, in part because of <laughs> that quarterback, Josh Allen, not doing well and the Bills uh, kind of shit in the bed in week one. Well, I think it's because you didn't do the inaugural smash through a table. That's what you have to do, right? That's what you do to new Buffalo fans. If I'm Juice in the Buffalo Bills, I'm blaming you, actually, because you're supposed to smash through a table, Drew. Why didn't you? I can't believe they didn't make you do it. So I fully... I fully accepted the blame at the at the place like at, at, at my uncle's neighbor's house where there was a group of us. I'm like, I think I might be the one that's bad luck here. And so I you know, I, you guys you guys can all write this on me. They were not good. I didn't break any tables. Um, and yeah, Bill's Mafia. Um, they were they, they were still very strong. I have to say, you know, Bill's fans, if you're a Bill's fan. Uh, this is great. You know, it's good timing for, for, for your team. But there was about 20 years where it was not fun to be a Bills fan. So the loyal fans, you know, even though they lost one game, I think they're still they're still ready for a good season. Dude, my best friend Nick is a diehard Bills fan, been his whole life. Like I grew up on Thurman Thomas and Jim Kelly and guys like that. So I know his frustration. I mean, shit, bro. I'm a freaking Clipper fan. Can you imagine like as much as I want to go to the finals, I want to play in a championship game. Can you imagine? They lost four in a row, right? Four in a row. Four in a row. Damn, that's got to be tough as a fan. At least you made the dance, though. Hey, my final thought is this. I'm going to keep it on the Clippers, Drew, because tomorrow is a huge day. It's a historic day for the Los Angeles Clippers tomorrow, and I should be there, but my media credential did not come through. And I asked for the media credential. It was put in from Basketball News, and I didn't receive it. We think we sent the request. So I had our boy Alex Kennedy work on it, and I don't have a pass. So, anyways – Tomorrow we are uh, breaking ground on our new arena. Uh, it's it's a media. It's not fans aren't invited to it. It's media only. And um, Kawhi is going to be there. PG Balmer, and we're going to break break ground in Inglewood. And it's uh, it's a big deal. It's going to be done by 2024. We're going to be out of the shitty Staples Center. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm joking because when Staples Center was built, it was state of the art, and it still is Staples Center. It is state of the art. So I'm just making a joke that we're finally going to have our own arena. Whether Kawhi and Paul George are there uh, when we open in 2024, I that's what we're hoping for is 2024. But it's going to be state of the art. It's going to be balmered out. It, it will be elite. There will be thousands of jobs available. It's going to re, you know, Inglewood is already getting better as it is, but it's going to make the town and the city so much better. So many jobs. I'm just really excited, man. We're going to get our own arena. Um, we haven't had one since sports arena, which wasn't even our own arena. We shared it with the ice capades and USC and circuses and everybody else. But I'm stoked, yeah. man. I was going to say it's, it was probably the first arena dedicated to the Clippers since like San Diego, since like since they moved from Buffalo. And, dude, and you know, it all it all comes back around because where did the Clippers start? The wow. Buffalo Braves. And so there it is. You guys are forever linked in history. It's easy to forget that. But maybe the first arena dedicated to Clippers basketball, maybe maybe since Buffalo, there's a, there's a chance. I'm going back 
to how Steve Ballmer just changed everything, the whole trajectory of the Los Angeles Clippers. Because if Sterling was still our owner, there is no way on God's green earth that we're getting a new arena. And if it was up to him, we'd probably be playing at freaking the Galen Center at USC if it was up to him. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a little upset that I'm not going to be there because like our boy Ease in the Breeze said, I should go and and cut my wrists and bleed in the dirt <laughs> of, of – uh, this new arena just so that I'm, I, I'd be a part of it for from here on out. But uh, it's big for the Clippers. So I'm excited. We, we can watch. We can tune in uh, via the intranet. The intranet, you can watch it live, and that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, but really quick, kind of sticking on the New York thing, 30 for 30, four-part series, one night in Queens. It's freaking awesome. I watched the first one. It's about the 86 Mets, if you guys are into that. Uh, again, my best friend, Nick. That's the Buffalo fan was a huge Mets fan growing up. So, uh, which was weird because I was a Dodger fan, but anyways, check it out. Four part series. It's dope. Uh, we're going to be back next week or in the next couple of days. We're actually going to try to be in studio. Drew and I haven't done an in studio pod, um, in a little while, but we're going to try to make that happen. Rate, review, subscribe. Let us know when you're listening to the show. Thank you to basketballnews.com for hosting us. And, uh, we'll be back next week and we'll ghost. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know where you're at. This is the fall.